Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Illustration of Justification, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week was our year-end wrap-up. I mentioned that we need to watch both the war in Ukraine with Russia and the war in Israel. We noted that while there is a leaning in to the fulfillment of prophecy, I have as yet not noted anything prominently specific in this regard, which is why we need to watch these two issues. We should also note that the war in Israel appears to be broadening into a larger, more involving conflict. The war in Ukraine has the potential to affect the world bread supply, which would fulfill a prophecy. Loosely quoted, a bag of bread will cost a bag of gold. The war in Israel also has the potential to fulfill Bible prophecy as well. If you have paid attention to the global news reports, we know that the United States of America is not very happy with Israel's approach to this war. The prophecy that this causes one to remember is that America is nowhere in end times prophecy because they abandon Israel by pulling back completely their support for them. As I stated, this will be a pivotal moment in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Then, our presidential election has a strong potential for issues to occur that have not yet played out. So, it will be an interesting year, to say the least. The last issue is the Xing out of America by God. A second solar eclipse will occur that crosses the path of a previous solar eclipse several years ago. However, well before that first solar eclipse, America was already on a path that will take it where others have already predicted it will end up. Nothing in our Bibles speaks of this sort of thing happening based on the solar eclipse Xing out America. So, be careful with how you interpret this event as well as others. To find out more, listen to our previous episode called 2023 Year End Wrap-Up, hosted on December 31st. This week, our study is titled The Illustration of Justification, Part 1. Our scripture reads, What then shall we say that Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh, has discovered regarding this matter? For if Abraham was declared righteous by the works of the law, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his pay is not credited due to grace 
but due to obligation. But to the one who does not work, but believes in the one who declares the ungodly righteous, his faith is credited as righteousness. From Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Verse 1 opens with a question. It reads, for clarity, What then shall we say that Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh, has discovered regarding this matter? It is believed by many that righteousness can be earned. If you use only this quoted account of Abraham in verse 3, it is very clear as to how one could believe that earning righteousness by doing deeds is all that is necessary. However, as we will see, there is more to this subject than one may think. The main object of this chapter is to show that the doctrine of justification by faith, which the apostle was defending, was found in the Old Testament. The argument is to be regarded as addressed particularly to a Jew, to show him that no new doctrine was advanced. The argument is derived, first, from the fact that Abraham was so justified, secondly, from the fact that the same thing is declared by David, from Barnes' New Testament notes. Here we are in the New Testament, reading about something that cohesively demonstrates that the subject of righteousness is a single subject that did not change over time as some today believe it has. Our apostle had this understanding very clear in his mind. Mr. Barnes' comment should be duly noticed. He said, the argument is to be regarded as addressed particularly to a Jew to show him that no new doctrine was advanced. Further, a question still might be asked whether this justification was not in consequence of their being circumcised and thus grew out of conformity to the law. To answer this, the apostle shows that Abraham was justified by faith before he was circumcised, and that even his circumcision was in consequence of his being justified by faith, and a public seal or attestation of that fact. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. As one can see, the tradition of Jewish circumcision does not add or subtract from spiritual justification or righteousness. For as we can see, Abraham was justified by faith before he was traditionally circumcised. Still further, the apostle shows that if men were to be justified by works, faith would be of no use, and the promises of God would have no effect. The law works wrath, but the conferring of the favor by faith is demonstration of the highest favor of God. Abraham, moreover, had evinced a strong faith 
He had shown what it was. He was an example to all who should follow. And he had thus shown that as he was justified before circumcision and before the giving of the law, so the same thing might occur in regard to those who had never been circumcised. In chapters 2 and 3, the apostle had shown that all had failed of keeping the law, and that there was no other way of justification but by faith. Abraham was justified by faith without being circumcised. If the father of the faithful, the ancestor on whom the Jews so much prided themselves, was thus justified, then Paul was advancing no new doctrine in maintaining that the same thing might occur now. He was keeping strictly within the spirit of their religion in maintaining that the Gentile world might also be justified by faith. From Barnes New Testament Notes Clearly, the Jewish tradition of the day, circumcision, is not the issue here. If that is not yet clear, it will be. For subject clarity, we will see that circumcision has nothing to do with being spiritually justified or found righteous. No human physical act or act of sacrifice can make any man or woman righteous or justified before God. Notice what we know of Abraham. He had thus shown that as he was justified before circumcision and before the giving of the law, so the same thing might occur in regard to those who had never been circumcised. Notice, this is rather the objection of a Jew. How does your doctrine of justification by faith agree with what the scriptures say of Abraham? Was the law set aside in his case? Did he derive no advantage in justification from the rite of circumcision and from the covenant which God made with him? The object of the apostle now is to answer this inquiry. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Can you see how the law complicates things? Look at the questions that were raised by faith making the law in this particular case not relevant to anything that was previously understood. What shall we say that Abraham, our father, was found in respect to the flesh? The idea is, if men are justified by faith, if works are to have no place, if, therefore, all rites and ceremonies, all legal observances, are useless in justification, what is the advantage of circumcision? What benefit did Abraham derive from it? Why was it appointed? And why is such an importance attached to it in the history of his life? From Barnes, 
New Testament notes. We can see that this ceremonious circumstance had nothing to do with being justified or righteous. We already noted that Abraham was so justified or righteous before circumcision and before the giving of the law. We have to ask the question that comes from this observation. How was Abraham found righteous before circumcision and before the giving of the law? In modern-day American culture, many men are circumcised at birth, not as a religious rite or tradition, but as a matter of health. Circumcision today is no longer a consideration of religious right unless the parents specifically tell doctors. This primarily applies to Jewish men, as was ceremonious of them becoming a man. So the point that is being made is that Abraham was justified by faith without being circumcised. We can thus see that if the father of the faithful the ancestor on whom the Jews so much prided themselves was thus justified, then Paul was advancing no new doctrine in maintaining that the same thing might occur now. He was keeping strictly within the spirit of their religion in maintaining that the Gentile world might also be justified by faith. Gentiles, even in this day, were frequently circumcised at birth, which is one reason why Jewish people would have issues with Gentiles. However, in how this is explained, Abraham was justified, found righteous before his circumcision and the giving of the law. That right there shows that circumcision was a Jewish rite or tradition and not a path to knowing God and or found in his favor. This clearly demonstrates that no human-derived ceremony, rite of passage, or other such ceremonious event will cause a person to be found justified or righteous in God's sight. Verse 2 reads, For if Abraham was declared righteous by the works of the law, he has something to boast about, but not before God. From Romans chapter 4, verse 2. Notice how this statement opens. For if. This means that Abraham was not declared righteous by circumcision or the works of the law. If he had been so justified, this verse ends with, He has something to boast about, but not before God. This means Abraham's ability to boast only has any value before men that men give it. Boasting before God has no such outcome or value since such boasting is worthless before God. If Abraham was justified on the ground of his merits, 
he would have reason to boast or to claim praise. He might regard himself as the author of it and take the praise to himself. The inquiry, therefore, was whether in the account of the justification of Abraham there was to be found any such statement of a reason for self-confidence and boasting. That is, in his recorded judgment, he had no ground of boasting on account of works. To show this, the apostle appeals at once to the scriptures to show that there was no such record as that Abraham could boast that he was justified by his works. As God judges right in all cases, so it follows that Abraham had no just ground of boasting, and of course, that he was not justified by his own works. The sense of this verse is well expressed by Calvin. Quote, if Abraham was justified by his works, he might boast of his own merits. But he has no ground of boasting before God. Therefore, he was not justified by works. End quote. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. This commentary passage is best summed up with the statement by Calvin. He said, if Abraham was justified by his works, he might boast of his own merits, but he has no ground of boasting before God. Therefore, he was not justified by works. Even if one does great at his or her place of work, the only value in boasting is only supported by accomplishing something thought very difficult or impossible. However, boasting in such a case is dangerously close to bragging, which is not tolerated of men or women by God, since he does not approve of boasting in what we today call bragging. Therefore, it should be quite clear that there is a very fine line that is easy to cross. Yes, we can own our accomplishments and do it without bragging. Even today, no one likes a braggart. We want to fully note, which is quoted in verse 3. For clarity of thought, it reads, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Notice how this verse is written. It says, because Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That wording alone should stop us so we look deeper into this passage and just what is being said. You and I are not blessed because our ancestors were blessed. If our ancestors were blessed, it is because they believed God, not because they deserved it. We, too, receive the blessing only through personal faith with God as its object. This was the case with Abraham, and so it 
his with his posterity. Scripture says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. From King Comments, Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice, we too receive the blessing only through personal faith with God as its object. Again, gaining righteousness is not a reward of doing good works. Yet, we are nonetheless called to do good works once we receive the blessing through personal faith with God. This can only mean from the unsaved perspective that God's people are known for the good they produce. This good is recognized by the unsaved and is also something of their interest in also wanting to know God. Many have told me that if knowing God is as we have learned it here, then they want to be saved in Christ. This means, clearly, our interactions with others and our deliberate actions are a very strong and out-front witness without words to those who are unsaved. While you should not feel paranoid, it is true that the unspoken witness we carry with us and present in our actions and interactions with people says more than anything we could say with our mouths. People also quickly see the lies we appear to tell them when our actions are not in line with what we say. Verse 4 reads, Now, to the one who works, his pay is not credited due to grace, but due to obligation. From Romans chapter 4, verse 4. As you can see here in verse 4, we work for payment, not to acquire grace of God. No work obligation, no good work, can earn the grace of God. If a man were justified by his works, it would be a matter due to him. It is a general principle in regard to contracts and obligations that where a man fulfills them, he is entitled to the reward as that which is due to him and which he can claim. This is well understood in all the transactions among men. Where a man has fulfilled the terms of a contract to pay him is not a matter of favor. He has earned it, and we are bound to pay him. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. Notice what Mr. Barnes told us. Where a man has fulfilled the terms of a contract to pay him is not a matter of favor. He has earned it, and we are bound to pay him. As you can see, this has nothing to do with what God gives mankind freely. Remember, too, that many commentary authors come from a different time where precious few women worked outside the home. As a result, my commentators speak in masculine form. This is also true 
in our scripture passage as well, which is why it too speaks in the masculine form. So, people of today, make no mistake, this whole study applies equally to both men and women. Regardless of whether you are male or female, today, many of both sexes work for a living. Many of both sexes have made significant and even momentous contributions in the workplace they serve or served in. Yet, even this cannot render a man or woman the righteousness that only God gives. Verse 5 reads, But to the one who does not work, but believes in the one who declares the ungodly righteous, his faith is credited as righteousness. From Romans chapter 4, verse 5. Notice what we find elsewhere in our Bible, because if we do not know what this verse is saying before the comma, our thoughts are not in the right place. Verse 5 says, But to the one who does not work, comma, that alone can be misused by referencing these verses that read, For you know yourselves how you must imitate us, because we did not behave without discipline among you, and we did not eat anyone's food without paying. Instead, in toil and drudgery, we worked night and day in order not to burden any of you. It is not because we do not have that right, but to give ourselves as an example for you to imitate. For even when we are with you, we used to give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. From 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7-12. through 12. In this passage, verse 10 is frequently misquoted by only recalling the quoted phrase, If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. There are times also when this verse is convoluted by people who recount it. If one is admonished this way during a layoff or other work stoppage out of their control, then what is a person to do while they look for work? Out of context, you can make that verse portion. Say almost anything you wanted to say. Much of that twisting will lead to a wrong meaning of that verse in someone's life, and thus causing them great strife. On 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, commentary tells us that if any would not work, neither should he eat. That is, at the public expense, they should not be supported by the church. This was a maxim among the Jews. The maxim is founded in obvious justice and is in accordance 
with the great law under which our Creator has placed us. Reference Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. That law, in the circumstances, was benevolent, and it should be our aim to carry it out in reference to ourselves and to others. The law here laid down by the Apostle extends to all who are able to work for a living and who will not do it and binds us not to contribute to their support if they will not labor for it. From Barnes New Testament Notes. As you can see, there is a big difference between someone between jobs and someone who simply refuses to work for their living. Being poor by situation, regardless of not wanting to be poor, is a big difference when compared to those who simply refuse to work. What Romans chapter 4 verse 5 is telling us is this, but to him that works not, who does not rely on the conformity of the law for his justification, who does not depend on his works, who seeks to be justified to some other way. The reference here is to the Christian plan of justification. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Hopefully, you can see that support in everyday life comes from working until one retires from work. However, our scripture passage is speaking of favor from God. His justification or righteousness to us comes from no work or amount of work we can do ourselves. Next week, we continue our look into what justification is and what it should mean to us who are justified by faith. Our episode titled, The Illustration of Justification, Part 2, will be next week. To find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description.
To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens or spaces in unchurched. Also, because we are on a very secure European server, be sure you type the lead HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash as it is required. Be sure you include it in any bookmark you make. This will prevent security load errors. Our site is mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant. Our site also has links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8 verses 38 through 39. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.